Ready? I stay ready. <laughs> Welcome to the spit. I'm back. I'm your host, Swaz, and I'm here with a woman that I've been hunting down for a very long time <laughs> because she's so busy. <coughs> she's been in this game, so to speak, for 15 years. Yeah. It's embarrassing to admit. She has a long history. She has a long, what do you call that thing? Like a CV. What's that? Like my resume. Yeah. Her resume is extensive. Like tenure? Yes. The sex game? The sex game. She's been on uh, The Breakfast Club. Yep. Lip Service. Yep. Um, Where else have you been? Horrible Decisions. Horrible Decisions. Shout out. HBO. HBO. Shout out to Mandy and Weezy. I love Brilliant Idiots. Brilliant Idiots. Mm, Roland Martin show. I don't, I don't even know, know who, who that is. Exactly. You're probably <laughs> way out of your age group. I don't even know who that is. Urban View, Sirius XM. Oh. Karen Hunter, yeah. We're in the building with Miss Michelle Hope. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. As I said, I'm a, a big fan. I've been hunting you down and following you for a, a long time. I've actually, I think I've actually bumped into you once as well. But uh, no, 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 on the train. Oh, really? Yeah, we were sitting, I believe, right next to each other. But you were with a friend, and they had a kid with them, and I was like, I'm not going to. Oh, this was probably in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not gonna interrupt her flow. She's doing her thing. I know how you stars get. You want your private time. I don't know if I would call (laughs) myself a star, but okay, I'll take it. Yes. (laughs) Sure. Thank you. That well, I'll take it. I'm gonna just I'm gonna take that. Everybody needs a little boost once in a while. Um, so, like I said, I'm happy to have you here. I'm happy that we could actually get this sit down together. Yeah, I am too. Um, so let's start. <clears throat> what your title is that you go by as a sexologist? Yes. What is that exactly for the people who are listening who might not know? So a sexologist, I mean, it can take a lot of forms, but primarily I study human sexual behavior, um, and then I write about it, I teach, I lecture, I'm an activist. My passion, though, is really looking at the connection between generational poverty and communities of color and sexuality. I think that there is a direct connection. And I think that it's something we oftentimes overlook. But one of my favorite sayings, and I say this everywhere I go, from the womb to the tomb, sexuality is a part of your daily life. Okay. First, we're going to have to dumb down the terms for the people who might not understand. my bad. (laughs) Because I get a lot of, well, the five people who are listening to us. (laughs) They're learning today, honey. They are learning today. Um, So, yeah. So, I study human sexual behavior. You're not a doctor, though. No, I'm, I do not identify as a doctor. I do not have an MD. I am not a PhD. I am, I am less concerned, or I look less at the act of sex, and I look more at things like gender norms. I look more at why we become attracted to certain people, the whys of the sex, not the actual nuts and bolts, <laughs> per se. Okay. Before we get into our questions, did you see the R. Kelly doc? I did. What'd you think? I think that's a sick man that um, is 
creating pain um, and hurting people. I think that is a man that needs help. I think uh, that is an abuser. He's not a pedophile. A pedophile is someone who is attracted to prepubescent uh, oh. people under 12. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was anybody under the age of 17. I thought that no, that would be at, um So there's pedophiles, there's hebophilia, which is the attraction of uh, just the onset of puberty, and then there is ephibophilia, which is the attraction to post-pubescent, so that's like 15 to 19, which is ironic because our society glorifies young sexuality. Yeah. So, he's, did you see his uh, interview on CBS? Yeah, it looked like an individual who was in a space of trauma and in a space of... Um, <laughs> Y'all fucking caught me, man. <laughs> and he's trying to continuously back his way out of this and it's not looking good. And then they talked about the behind the scenes of his interview when the two young ladies were being interviewed and he wasn't supposed to be in the room. Yep. And then he crept in during the interview and he's coughing during the interview. So I'm like, that's a way of coaching these girls. He's an abuser. He's an abuser. I'm he, still here. Don't say something you're not supposed to be saying. Um, he is an abuser. He is a predator. It's not about age with him. It's about power dynamics. I've said this for a while. The more he continues to lose his power, the more he will continue to lash out in inappropriate ways. That, that's what it looked like. It looked totally. like he was super lashing out in that interview. Yeah, it was because he's losing power. Abusers, people who um, are abusers in a space of relationships or sexuality, it's not about the sex. It's about power dynamics, and for him, the more he loses control, the more he'll start to spiral, and he will either become more abusive or just more out there, right, because he's trying to rein back in power. But I really don't think he's going to be able to do that. I don't think there's any coming back from this. That's what I thought the first time, and he seemed to wiggle his way out the first time. When you say first time, you mean? The first trial that he went through, especially with... It being proven that he actually married Aaliyah, there was a marriage certificate. But you have to look at, you know, our judicial system in the U.S. has a lot of cracks, right? Mm -hmm. And when you think about people who commit sexual offenses and how much they get off, I mean, someone who commits rape or when you think about statistics around sexual assault, about nine of every 1,000 cases actually get convictions. Or no, that might actually, I might be wrong with that, and you could check Rain on this, but it might be nine out of every 1,000 actually get to like a district attorney's desk. Mm-hmm. That does not include, uh, that does not include convictions. So we, we live in a society where we don't believe survivors, we don't believe, we ask, what, what, what did you have on? How was it your fault? We put the onus on the victim oftentimes mm-hmm. instead of really trying to correct the, Systems that allow predators to continue to prey on people, which is unfortunate. Did you happen to watch the Michael Jackson? I have not seen that one. People keep asking me (laughs) if I have seen it, and it's just like, 
you know, for me, sometimes I get tired. Like, I do this every day. Yeah, you need a break from Yeah, and when you work in it every day, I never... I never doubted that Michael was an abuser. I, I didn't either. So for me to consume that is to, I, why? I, I always thought it was weird. And some of the things they presented in this doc, like the kid, uh, Wade Robeson was like, listen, man, he used to call me every day. It's grooming. That's called grooming. And that's what he said. He was... R. Kelly does the same thing. He was teaching me at seven years old... Grooming. ...about not telling by saying, you know... Keeping secrets. If if anybody finds out, we'll both go to jail forever. Yep, yep, And stuff like that. But he Coercion. Faxes and all types of stuff. Yeah, I think that there are definitely similar patterns between an R. Kelly and a Michael Jackson. These are predators. Even a Harvey Weinstein. They're threatening you. If anybody, if you tell anybody, you'll be destroyed. These are tactics that predators use to control people. Are we muting R. Kelly? Well, people have already started to mute R. Kelly. Are we muting Michael Jackson? Some radio stations are at a crossroad trying to figure out if that's what's going to happen. Are you personally listening to myself? I don't listen. I, I, I mean, again, I think just the idea of having dialogue about these people only continues to... Like, look, the R. Kelly situation, he had a 16% jump in streams after it aired. Look, I, think, I think that's also because a lot of the... I want to say... I can't say millennials because millennials are like from 82 on. Mm-hmm. So they were, the people who were born in the 80s and early 90s were born into listening to R. Kelly because he was so prominent then. But now you have the kids of, I want to say, let's say from 2000, maybe two, let's say 2005-ish, who were born and they weren't, because he wasn't the same star he was right. the prior years. Right. So now when they're watching the doc and they're like, well, who is this dude? And Oh, he made these songs or he wrote this? Yeah, but I think that if you wanted to talk about these Generation Iers or Generation Z or whatever they're called, you could talk about Kodak Black, Extentacion. They're playing those individuals' music, and Extentacion was incredibly violent to his baby mama. Yeah. Beat her up so bad she had eye problems. And look at what that this millennial population did to her when she tried to make her own GoFundMe page, in which Extentacion put $5,000 on to help her get her eye fixed. Or let's talk about Kodak Black and the backlash that Ebro got when he asked him straight up and down, what's the deal on these rape charges, which he goes to trial, I believe, in April or later this month, in March. So I think that we really can't, what are we talking about, muting whoever and whatever, there are tons of artists out there that we continue to put on pedestals that have been abusive to women, Primarily women of color. Yeah. So why are we talking about Michael Jackson and R. Kelly if we're not going to talk about Kodak Black and Extentacion? I'm all down to talk about that. Or even Nicki Minaj dating somebody who is, is a, a sex offender. Yeah. Do we mute her too? I don't even know why. I, I, you would think her people would tell her, like, you can't. This dude, he can't be it because... She wants to lie, want, make him his her baby daddy. Yeah. Um, I, I think... Ebro's backlash wasn't a, so much his question. It was how he asked it or when he asked it. 
and the, uh, you know I'm I'm all for asking the question that nobody wants to ask. So I I was fine with it, but I think well from what I read and what I saw that was people's. It wasn't the question that he asked because they already knew he couldn't talk about it because when you come up to those radio stations, they get a list of questions that they can and things that are off limits. So, But why, but why is that off limits? Why would I, if I was Ebro... It's just like when Jay-Z comes up to the radio station, there are certain things he won't, he won't answer. Like if you want to ask him about Dame Dash and why... Did, That's very, asking, very different no, post not, Me Too. No, no, no. I'm not saying... I'm not talking so much about the question. It's just the fact that he got a list of questions. So when Jay comes up, here's the things you can't talk about. Regardless of what it's about, every star who comes up to the radio station gives that list of... They have a publicist. They have a publicist who comes and like, listen, a man is going through turmoil with his baby moms or whoever it is. Mm -hmm. Don't ask him this. We're not answering these questions. So... I don't know if his publicist did it, which left him open to that question from Ebro. Usually they don't. That's not usual. I mean, maybe if you're a Jay-Z or Beyonce, maybe. But that's not usually how it goes. You get in the booth and there isn't <laughs> anything. There's, that's not what happens. That's not what it is. Um, additionally, I don't think that post Me Too... Those are questions we can avoid. And I think that a part of the problem, additionally, there was a really great article that kind of had gone viral about how the hip hop industry doesn't have, is not answering to this. And I think that in this situation, yo, Kodak Black's rap sheet is disgusting. Yeah, his rap sheet is way long. Because it's not even that, it's like sexual battery. It's like the women are, Sure, let's have sex. And then he becomes violent during sex. Like, this is not, okay, we're not touching this. It's like, at what point are, if we don't call R. Kelly to the floor and Michael Jackson to the floor, Kodak Black ain't got enough hits (laughs) to not be called to the floor. Nobody has enough hits. If you're going live. You you see what I'm saying? Like, who the fuck is Kodak Black? Besides a motherfucker who says he won't date women his own color because they're too ghetto. You, sir. He is the epitome of Hello, hello, hello. And I'm not even here to, like, get a backlash and have people be like, oh, you hating on Kodak Black. But these are the same conversations I have with the young men that I work with. And when I work in spaces of younger men of color, I really want them to understand that just because he's a rapper. Doesn't mean he gets a pass. Hello. And why are you buying his music? And that goes back to like the you are Kelly yeah. and, and how radio stations are grappling with this Michael Jackson stuff and how there is no more Weinstein company. But I also think that there is a space in which the deconstruction of the patriarchy meets a crossroads of where do we heal? Mm-hmm. Because I can tell you watching that R. Kelly uh, doc, that man was abused. Well, yeah, it came out that he was abused by his sister, which is... I mean, what we know is that 99.9% of people who are abusers have a history of abuse. That is not to say that people who who are abused will become abusers, abusers, but but statistically... Do abuse 
have abuse in their past. Okay? Um, and especially if there's not a place to heal. And I don't believe we have provided black men and men of color in general a space to heal. Yeah, we come up in, an, in a space where you're not supposed to talk about those things or you're supposed to be okay with those yeah, things. Yeah, no, you didn't get raped. You became a man, even though you were nine and she was 16. No, you were assaulted, right? That's the Wayne thing. It was like, you know. I, I remember I heard it. They, they put me in a room. Yeah, put me in a room with Shorty. She was. Doing what she did, like, and I, was, I became a man. I was 12. Yeah, that's, no, that's abuse, Wayne. Like, it is what it is. And the thing is, is like. You know, I say this, and some people don't agree with me, but it's the idea of how do you anticipate someone knowing what is wrong when you marginalize their experience of that wrongness, right? Um, how do you anticipate, if you have not allowed somebody a space to process and heal, them to understand if and when they may have crossed a line with someone else? Do you, I mean, again... And I'm not, this is not to be a male sympathizer. That is not what I'm doing. I just want us to think about how we are building towards a better tomorrow and what does that look like. It's not a call out, it's a call in. As a sexologist, I go to a happy hour. Somebody asks me what I do for a living, I tell them. And then, you know, it might be a man who starts off trying to hit on me and then two or three drinks in, all of a sudden is disclosing that he was sexually assaulted and that he's never told anybody. Right? And that's sad to me. Date over. <laughs> and no, these aren't dates. I just, well, I'm standing at a bar. Like, but it breaks. And I let people vent or say their truth because it makes me sad. They've never, like, like this is the this space. Is the, this is the first time. This is the area that you. And this is, I don't know you. But, I, but sure, I'm here. I'll listen. I'm sorry that happened to you as a fellow survivor. I'm sorry. There are resources, right? How did you get over it? You don't get over it. Well, how do you cope? Yeah. I don't know you're, if it's... You, you like to, you've coined the term. You're not a, a sex survivor. survivor. I'm you're, a rape thriver. Right. Yeah. So I think it's through counseling. It's through finding ways. I mean, doing these kinds of... Having these kinds of conversations is cathartic. Working with men to help them understand they're not alone um, is cathartic because it's my hope that maybe they will never be in a situation where they'll hurt someone else, right? Maybe we can come to a space where they become an active ally and teach other men in their networks. But you never get over it. There's never a getting over it. There's never a, you know, I, I have PTSD, um, it's something when I get in a relationship that may end up in a sexual relationship with some somebody I have to disclose because I don't want to freak out on you, you mm. know, and, and that is something that could happen. So at what point, like you said that it affects your relationships as well. What point, at what point do you choose to disclose? Because this is not something you want to tell. You might not want to tell everybody. Well, for me, it's already out well, there. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, like, I think that if it's anybody else, if you're looking for, like, the advice piece of this, if you think that you are going to have intercourse with somebody, this is a conversation that needs to be had. Uh, the, and I say that for the plain and simple reason, like, 
We're not having enough conver open conversations about sex before we actually have sex. I like to ask questions. Like, like you know what I mean? So, like, if we haven't had a conversation about intercourse and then we end up engaging in intercourse and something that you do during intercourse that maybe the last girl and all the girls or whoever you slept with, it didn't bother. It could trigger something in me. Next thing you know... I feel like this went south, and now where are we at? Yeah. And I feel violated. Oof. That's, yeah. That's a sticky situation. Yeah, that's why you have to really have honest, adult, sober conversations. So then how does a one-night stand go? Or a first date sex or a first meeting sex kind of thing go? Because... Well, Obviously, hopefully it goes sober. It, That's like the first step. That would be my first recommendation. Yeah, but mo most people, when they meet, they're out of the bar. Can't have a sober... Why are we fucking on the first night? What's wrong with fucking Absolutely first nothing, unless right. that person has a history of sexual trauma, and you don't know it. I think that's my point. I'm all for a one-night stand. I'm all for, if you feel comfortable, first-night sex. Great. Fab. I'd like it even more if you did it sober. But you wouldn't. And that's the thing. Alcohol, lower, and drugs, lower your inhibitions, which puts you in the mood to have sex, and you're not thinking clearly. Yeah. And I'm not here to chastise nobody. Because Lord knows, I didn't have a fair share of one night stand. <laughs> so I'm not here to judge. I just, just want to... Plant a seed for you to think about. We are living in a post-Me Too era. Look at the Aziz Ansarian situation. I was going to ask about that because I, 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 don't, I don't know if that fit the criteria. That, uh, that one person felt violated and the other did not and nobody asked for consent? No one asked for consent, but no one also said no. And you went along with it. But that's and part I, of the societal problem with gender norms. And I, I just want to say that I'm, I'm not, I don't know how to say it, that I'm not trying to advocate for one or the other. Because I think, I, I think we should all get consent. Because, I agree with consent. But consent has to be given in a sober mind or you don't have the capacity to give consent. Well, she, she, uh, he did, she did say he served her a drink. I mean, a drink, but this is what I'm talking about. Here's what we have to understand about gender norms in our society. For many, many years, eons, we've been telling men, you are the sexual aggressor. You're supposed to just get after that thing, thing. <laughs> and then we've told women, you're supposed to be more demure and you should act like you don't want it. So that does not allow for open communication. Here we go back to communication. Communication. About wants and desires. That poor girl didn't know how to be like, yo, bro, this sucks. I'm out. I don't want to do this. And that she, dude. She didn't even say, like, no. How, how many how women say no? I don't know, I don't know the stats. You're going to yeah. know the stats. How many women have said no to you? How many women? I've had women tell me no. Okay, great. There are probably some women who ended up fucking you that wanted to say no. They just did not know how. Because we do not teach women to say no. We teach them to be silent. That's wrong. It's fucked up, bro. 
But I'm not mad at you and I'm not mad at any man. I'm mad at societal norms. I'm mad at the systemics that have created this behavior. And I believe that a part of deconstructing this really negative ideals around gender norms is to teach men and women that female pleasure is important, whether you're gay, straight, or oh, somewhere yeah. in between. Definitely all about that. I've definitely, like, I was, I was scared of even being accused of rape way before Me Too. So, like, you know how you've ever been with a man and you guys are getting intimate and women say, stop, I'll stop and be like, are you serious? Like, you really want me to stop? Like, because I don't want you to later say I said stop and I didn't stop. Yeah. So, but I think when they say stop, just stop. Yeah. But yes, I totally agree with you. I feel like that's I, the easiest answer. I stop and be like, you, you, you really want me to stop, or was this just part of? See, that's where you should add a conversation prior to sex about safe words. So then, safe words are not stop. Safe words are pineapple. Actually, they should be one syllable just in case you're into BDSM and you do choking. So it should be like red or cow. Like, that's why communication prior to sex is so much better. And it doesn't have to take out the kinkiness. It doesn't have to take out the mystery. I'm pretty sure most people regard safe words for BDSM and not just but BDSM communities. Day. But BDSM communities have a better understanding of consent than... Absolutely. Vanilla sexers. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure most people don't associate a safe word with regular intercourse. Well, unless they've taken one of my classes. (laughs) I mean, I think that safe words are great to teach in middle school or younger. Well, you also are an advocate for K through 12. Yep. Age appropriate, age inclusive, appropriate. sex ed. Yep. Yeah. We would we'd be able to get rid of a lot of these issues if we started younger. Oh, my breast. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, we would be able to get uh, through a lot of these issues if we started younger and had conversations about sexuality more often. Um, it's when we try to say, oh, they're not having sex. And now with the Internet, kids have access. You know, they say the average exposure to pornography here in the U.S. is about nine. And it's like hardcore video porn. When I was coming up, it was like a Playboy. Like, whoa! And you had to, like, actually read the article what? in Hustler to, no. like... No. Okay, maybe not no. you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a nine-year-old is not reading the article. He's just no, like, going... He that's what I'm saying. When, when I was coming up, I'm so old, we didn't have internet not porn. Old. Well, yeah, we didn't have internet That's porn. my point. Well, we, we had a Playboy. You wasn't reading the article. I was. flipping out the pictures. I wasn't. I was reading the articles. That's me, though. <laughs> I was advanced. Yeah, because I don't know anybody who actually cared about the articles. Well, that's you. I don't know what you got going on with your life. but What? No, I'm just kidding. You're trying to put me I'm in I'm not a box? judging. No judging. No judging. No judging. you trying to put me in a box. Um, let's go over some sexual myths. Okay. Um, I'm going to play naive to some of these things. I actually know what some of these things are. Okay. STIs. Sexually transmitted infections. When did that switch? I think that the idea that disease, the the connotation of like a disease Um, seems to be uncurable. Or a prolonged, that's an infection that you can 
the cure. Clean up of yeah, yeah. Um, very damning. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Um, you have to be dirty to have an STI. Wrong. S- super wrong. Because somebody who hasn't been tested, you have sex with them, that you catch it. it and and, and guess what? It might be asymptomatic. There's right. no symptoms. They didn't know. They, you don't know you now. You can't see it. There's yeah, no you can't see it. I know people who have had STDs and never even known they had an STD until like they're like, I want to get an IUD. And then the doctor's like, you know you have gonorrhea and chlamydia? But they had no idea that they had anything. Yeah. I want to do a little debunking okay. of the herpes stigma. Okay. Herpes is not a deal breaker, people. Most people have oral herpes. Let's just be clear to that. I was going to ask. Like 90% of people have, adult people have what's the, oral. What's the status? Like one in every eight? One in three? One in three have some oral herpes. Yeah. And then I'd say probably one in... I, I mean, don't quote me right now. I can go to the CDC's website. But I believe you're looking at about one in three. Right. Right. But people look at uh, a cold sore differently than they look at genital herpes. I don't know it's, why. It's the same thing. In addition, there are two viruses, and we once thought that the viruses were separate, HSV-1 and HSV-2, um, but now they actually can transfer to either or space. Mm-hmm. So you could have oral Give someone a blowjob, and they could end up with a sore on their genitals. And remember, it's skin to skin. So most people get oral from, like, smoking weed after each other, or they get it from, like, when they're little. Catch? It's skin to skin. It's skin cells. It's not fluid. So chlamydia, gonorrhea, those are fluid-based, right? That's bodily fluids have to exchange. Weed might be the person. Chapstick, um... Lip gloss, marijuana, a straw, a fork, that can transfer skin cells, right? So it's skin to skin. Also, why you shouldn't use your roommate in college's razor also can transfer skin to skin. I don't even know why. Well, people have to. People do it. But. People do it. I don't. A razor? Yeah, I'm saying. Why not just change the blade? I'm saying. Uh, I saw that you said people of color are 15% of the population. Yep. Uh, for Let's say 13 to 14. Okay. Mm-hmm. But make up 50% of the STI cases? Absolutely. Is it that people, other races aren't being checked as much or are we just at a higher... It's not that we fucking too much. We, we lack education and ec- resources. So when you start to look at, um, if you start to look at some of the hotbeds of STI, infect, like STIs and HIV in the U.S., um, especially in communities of color, they oftentimes are in the South where there is limited to no access to sex education and high rates of um, you know, maybe the Bible Belt areas where we just don't talk about sex because we're not having sex until we're married. We're like ostriches with our head in the sand. And if we don't give people access to information, access to resources, access to care, we, we are not helping the community. Additionally, when we, we put in these false ideals about shame, from the church and that sexuality or sex is not something we're doing or having conversations about, it exacerbates the problem. 
Hmm. Did I answer that question? You <laughs> yes, you did. Okay, you <laughs> answered it. <laughs> we also cast out our LGBTQ uh, population quite often. Most frequently, are um, MSMs, so men who have sex with men who may not identify as gay or trans, and that's a problem because then they are not only having limited resources, limited education, they have a limited support system. And that's a recipe for disaster. Didn't they just add more letters to LBG? It's L lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, asexual, intersexual, or you could be an ally. Where's your question? Not a question. Is how we can we're going to continuously break down into like that that acronym is going to be long as shit at some point because we keep breaking it down into more and more and more sections. Well, intersex is a medical situation. That's where you have um, male and female chromosomes or you have a, a different type of uh, genetic makeup. So you might present as a woman but not have a uterus and that would you would be intersex and there's quite a few combinations there. Asexual is more psychological and that means you don't have a sexual attraction to either men or women. You might still want intimacy. You might still want closeness in a relationship. You just might not be sexually attracted to um, another person. And then lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgendered and transgender are how people identify and being transgender actually doesn't necessarily identify your sexual orientation because someone like Caitlyn Jenner, who I believe dates women, yes. would be identified as a lesbian or could be poly, uh, which would mean, or not poly, pan, which would mean their, 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 their sexual orientation is not relegated by the gender expression of the person they're with. You might have to dumb that. Yeah, dude. I, and I'm trying to figure out how to... Basically, being pan means I could be attracted to a man, a woman, a trans person, or someone who is gender non-conforming or non-binary. And it's really the person's essence versus their gender... parts. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. Did we do that one right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, what should happen to women who... Uh, fake abuse prosecuted. Or, or rape. Well, I think they need a psych eval, and then I think they should be prosecuted like Jesse Smollett. <laughs> 16 Jesse. counts. Indicted on 16 felony counts. He got 16 felony counts? Mm-hmm. He's been indicted on 16. It was, the, it was the male part of it that... It was the what? Oh, the because federal, yeah. Yeah, that'll was, get you every time. Every time. Letter. I don't even want to go there. That was just, <laughs> oh, God. But I think that anybody that, it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help anyone. And what usually happens, or what I feel like happens, like, why? It doesn't help. It doesn't help the cause. It doesn't help anyone. He set people, he set people back who actually do get... And there's a lot. There are a lot of people like that. And you know what, Jesse? Let me just go back to this because this pisses me off. I was talking to somebody about this. 
You couldn't even find some white people to yeah, fake it with you? Like you exploited you're, you're two gonna, black dudes. You were going to pay people. You might as well have went the whole route. And the, and what makes me mad is these poor dudes are like up and trying to be the actors. Actor. This is an abuser. He abused his power to exploit a situation to benefit him. That's an abuser. And they said it only had to do with his role on the show. He wanted more money. Abuser. I don't understand how this was going to get him more money. Like, I don't either, child. Like, I'm going to pray for him, though. Like, I'm oh, going to pray for you, him. You got beat up in the streets. So now you give you $100,000. Extra? Like, like, you might get fired now. Yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate. I, I thought they were talking about writing him off the show. Somebody said that, or I thought I heard that. I mean, I would, like... I don't know if it was Joe Buttons making fun of him, but... Listen. <laughs> somebody I, listen. Let me tell you something. They pro- They. I mean, listen... <laughs> Listen, that was dirty. I'm sorry. I just sang. So bad. Um, Let's talk about the average sex times. Because every guy gets a woman's, one of her favorite lines to go to when she's upset is, your sex is whack or your dick is small. What's the average sex time? Average sex time? Yeah. Three to five minutes. Would you call that bad sex? No, I call it real sex. <laughs> Closer to three if you're not using a condom. Never going to rain without your raincoat. You shouldn't. You really, really shouldn't. <laughs> Don't be silly and wrap up your willy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to put that in there. But, so, okay, if three to five minutes is the average, so anything over that is good, so... Yeah, but the problem is men don't understand how a woman's uh, human sexual response cycle works. So for a man, it takes like two minutes to get wet, to get erection. For a woman, on average, you're looking at like 12 to 17 minutes just to get a woman lubricated. So if you were to think of the equivalent of it would take 12 to 17 minutes for a man to get an erection, trust and believe... <laughs> Sex would seem like it lasted longer. Like, what happened to foreplay? Everybody's just trying to stick the willies in things. And it's like, foreplay is important. Sensuality is important. Taking your time is important. You seem so passionate about Because I am. I think that this goes back to the whole consent thing, right? Like, if men focused on women's pleasure more, women wouldn't say, yo, dick is little. Because really, it's not the size of yo, dick. The majority of the pleasure nerve endings are in the clitoris, which is external. It's the little thing that looks like a baby dick right above the hole. <laughs> With the hood on it. Yeah, just like the foreskin. Same shit. Oh, I make fun of people. I'm, I foreskin shame. Oh, that's unfortunate. Don't yuck I anybody's do. yum. I do. I, w- I mean, your, your penis was once a vagina, so you shouldn't. <laughs> that doesn't equate. It does, though. No. Why do you think there's a seam up the center of your scrotum? It's where at week 8 to 10, the labia majora fuse together to create the sac we know as the scrotum, which would allow for the testicles to fall in place. Testicles are to men that ovaries are to women. Your vast deference is our fallopian tube. I dig all of that. But that ain't got nothing to do with... What do you think the clit is? around with the, with the Arthur. What do you think the clitoris is? It is the... Nub of a penis. Yeah, what does that have to do with 
the Arthur. You walking around, your joint got the hoodie on. You could hoodie mellow out here. First of all, it is a very white thing to circumcise a penis. It is the really. Come. I think the only I just it seems like the Spanish people are the only people who don't circumcise. In Europe, white people. Oh, yeah. You think oh, Africa? Yeah. They circumcise in Africa, really? You think that? Hello, it came. It's a Jewish practice. Yeah. White supremacy, dude. <laughs> warped your mind, and apparently your perspectives mind. on penis. How did it warp my mind? Because just, you're saying that just, somebody that's uncircumcised is less than. No, Which, I, by the I'm way, their penis than. is more yeah. sensitive. Yeah, because it's hidden. Yeah, the white man just sliced and diced your dick, man. That's the patriarch. That's that white supremacy he pretty, patriarchy. Though. He made it pretty. Now it look like a Darth Vader. Yeah, dick just dick. like he made light skinned women with weaves prettier than oh, dark skinned natural I women. Like Boom! I hate weaves. I hate yeah, weaves. Well. I hate wigs. I hate that new stocking cap with the hair attached to it. What is that? Uh, you know, girls can pull it all the way off. It gives you edges and all of that. Oh, a lace front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not with none of that. Yeah, but that's all the white patriarchy. Just yeah, the same way you look at a penis with extra skin around it as bad. It's ironic, isn't it? Yeah, I look at all of that weave and stuff bad, too. I ain't with none of it. I, yeah. like, I would much rather have a girl with natural hair. But then you should appreciate natural penis. Sorry. Yeah, so you should appreciate natural penis because a natural penis is like a woman with natural hair. Yeah, but if her shit was fucked up, I'd tell her it's the same thing. Your shit fucked up right now, son. But you wanted to have a press out, right? She don't got to press it out. What does she have locks? Do something to it. Oh, I, I've dated a girl with locks. So then locks is like a penis foreskin. Yeah, but that's not high on my list, though. Oh, well. <laughs> no, I, okay, all right, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> Um, explain, uh, toxic masculinity, because toxic is like the new chiming word for women. They've been using this word, like, it's like the word of 2019. Yeah, I I think it's been around way more than that. Not in this format. Well, I think, well, ah, geez. I guess it's the idea of using brute force to show manhood. Right? So, like, when I think of, like, toxic masculinity, I think of me, Tarzan, you, Jane, me, beat chest, you, my woman. (laughs) Like, really, like, Neanderthal, kind of, like, men don't cry. I don't cuddle with my boys because that's going to make them less of a man. Like, um, I don't, I, it's a, that's tough. That's tough. But it usually has to do with stereotypical gender roles that are assigned or what we might call sexual scripts that are assigned to men and women. And the idea that a man is supposed to be this manly way of dominating rooms and conversations and situations and that is manly. I don't know if they're going to get... I mean, Probably I, not, but that's the whole... I, mean, I, I get that. But is it is that the way they, t- they think of it in today's culture? How do you think they think of it? It's mm, I don't I think people more so correlated with like the Me Too movement and how guys just think they could get away with anything. 
I don't. I think it's really more about men's dominance over women in society. It's always been that. The idea that a man can mansplain to a woman what something is. Tell them what mansplaining is. I mean, I learned about mansplaining on TV shows. Uh, mansplaining is where a man, like a woman might come in and say, okay, this is what this is. And then a man might come in and be like, well, what she means to say. And they might say the same exact thing. But because it didn't come from another man, they feel as though they need to explain it so that people can understand it. That is a great example of toxic masculinity. Mansplaining. mansplaining. Also manspreading on the fucking train. Like, bro. Manspreading? Oh, the... Where they, like, take up all this room. Like, I'm a man. I need to take up all this space. <laughs> it's like, close your legs, bro. Close your legs. Um, we already did that. See, we already crossed into some of my questions. Is that, I hope that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you look the pull out method? I don't. I wouldn't advise it. Those sexual myths that I tell all my friends. It's about seventy one percent accurate. What that it works? It is. Works? Yeah, yeah, it is oh, a I method. Be, I be telling them that shit don't work at all. It, you really don't shouldn't count it. on it though, because it's like you don't really know. So first of all, pre cum can you get, get pregnant. you pregnant. I keep telling dudes this, and they I, keep telling me I'm crazy. I'm like, Man. a for show thing. Now, as we get older. The likelihood, like, so if you use the pull-out method in conjunction with the rhythm method, and that's where you monitor ovulation in a woman's cycle. So, you, like, a lot of these men might be, get, if they're grown, might be getting away with the pull-out method because their girl knows when they're ovulating and she ain't giving you no pussy when she's ovulating. Right? But I wouldn't advise it because you can't pull out of AIDS, my brother. Yeah, I, you can't pull out of chlamydia, son. I have a big... That's a big no-no. You cannot pull out a chlamydia or gonorrhea. I tell dudes all the time, the pull-out method, I, um, don't do that. <laughs> they don't want to every, listen. Yeah, every, nobody, don't wanna nobody listen. wants to use condoms but me. I'm the only one who thinks condom sex is better than Condoms me. can be great. It can let you last longer. Just put a little extra lube on the inside. It's going to be good. I tell, I, like, so I have friends and... <clears throat> They don't believe in using condoms ever, and I'm like, I prefer to have condom sex. I don't prefer. I don't want to have unprotected sex, and they call me crazy. Mm-hmm. They tell me I'm bugging. Like raw sex feels the greatest. I'm like, not to me. Not not at all. I much prefer condom sex over unprotected sex. There it is. But I guess I'm the only black man who believes that. No, I think there are other ones. Uh, what's this new? Are you into this new craze of spitting in the mouth? This is not new. <laughs> well, it, there are none of these things are new because sex. Yes, from the dawn of time. Hello, it's but, not new. But some things come into our. Cause of porn. You think that's cause of porn? Hell yeah! It is not new. I've I, I've never had a girl spit in my mouth. Listen, I spit in the girl's mouth. So then why wouldn't you let a girl spit in your mouth? I don't know. It's just... Do you let her put her tongue in your mouth? Yeah. Okay, so what's the difference? I, it, it just feels... It just it just feels completely different than a kiss. I guess. But I always say, don't knock it till you try it. 
Yeah, if she likes that, I'm all down to spit in her mouth. And if she wants to spit in yours, I hope you would do the same. Because reciprocity, my brother, in the sex game is key. The idea that a man should be able to do something that a woman cannot I'm only doing what she likes. No. She likes that. What if she wants to spit in your mouth? That's not something that I I like. Well, then she shouldn't let you spit in hers. But that's what she wants. Sure, great. Great, great. What if she wants to fuck you in the ass with a dildo? Because that's what she likes. Then maybe you are not sexually compatible. Why does that make us not sexually compatible? Just because I don't like... I don't, you know I don't how many women be taking it in the ass for their dudes to just let them try it? You think all women love that? No, not all women love anal yeah, sex. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> facts. So I just feel like men out Thanks, here facts. assuming women going to do backflips, and that's some bullshit. <laughs> it's some bullshit. You upset with me now? Nope. <laughs> you look upset with me. Not at all, because I'm not fucking you. <laughs> I just, I mean, I understand. I I agree with reciprocity. I agree with oral sex and all of that. I just don't want her to spit in my mouth. Fair. Or fuck me in the ass. Fair. All sounds good. Michelle, you're a hoot. A hoot nanny. (laughs) Um... In today's culture, right, there's this thing where now they talk about pussy not being free, so to speak. You see a bunch of memes on Instagram. It's never been free. It's a commodity that has been sold since the dawn of time. However, the person that was usually making money off that pussy was somebody's father. That's why people have dowries. Yeah. The idea of marriage was a property exchange. The property being... Goats or land. The daughter. Well, yeah, her for the land or goats or whatever. Right. So if women now are like, yeah, I don't know what's free or not. Well, I'm talking about it in the aspect of, like, um, now you have to pay me or buy me stuff or give me things. Is that how is that different than dowries? Well, it's it's not actually. Okay. But I, how is that different than courting? Historically, what courting was, which also continued to perpetuate toxic masculinity. I took you out to dinner, therefore I deserve X Y and Z. But then you have girls who are burp scamming. I don't know what that means. This is one you should add to your lexicon. (laughs) Burp scamming? Yes. So, a woman or a guy, either way, because both can do it. So, they will, let's say, you, let's say I'll, I'll take you out to eat. I'll take you on a date. Now, you know you have no intentions on dating me, being with me being sexual with me or anything you're just going out with me just because you know i will pay for a meal or a night out that is burp scamming i mean i've been burp scammed then a ton of times because i if it's a first date i come in pretty independent i have my own credit card i have my own money so 
the dude that you took out, did you choose not to sleep with him? If you chose not to sleep with him, he didn't burp scam you. Why does the fact we went to dinner or got drinks have anything to do with sex? Why? Why? It's it it it, it, it doesn't have to be sex. But she knows she really doesn't want to spend time with him. The only reason she's going is because he will. I'm sorry. I'm a grown woman. I don't know shit about that life. (laughs) But this is you are a grown woman. And And I also don't like I just don't even. These are things that happen even in adulthood. And that's inappropriate. Those are people that should not be dating because they're just using people. Right. It's again an exploitation of power. Yeah. Burp scamming. And that's disgusting. That's just the title for it. But yes. It's mostly women who do this. Mm, it's not. I wouldn't say that. I would be very careful to say that. I'm invited. Because when I'm you really in, look I'm at who's making more money, like, especially in communities of color, you really, it's not. Uh, black women out here getting it, man. Yeah, they so that's why I'm confused at the birth scamming term. Right, but they didn't That must be, like, I don't know that, like. She might not want to spend, she don't want to spend her money. I don't know, I mean, again, I don't know, I don't, I don't, that's not a, I don't, I don't know. I've definitely been birth scammed before. Mm, yeah. That's unfortunate, I'm sorry I you know, experienced that. I know, it's sad. I'm sorry you experienced that. she made me waste my money. But I it was, was money you were willing to invest on the pre- on, on the notion you might get pussy. So then maybe no, the notion that I liked her. Oh, I'm sorry. Then that's even more hurtful. <laughs> yeah. Are you being are you being facetious? No, right I do feel oh. bad because it does suck when you like somebody. You do yeah. something nice and then you realize they yeah. wasn't that into you. Yeah, she wasn't into me. She was just into what I would do for her, which is whack. And I think it's whack either way. Like, it is. It is shitty. If if you know you don't want to be with a woman and yeah, that sucks. you're just going out because you know she'll spend the money on you, that's why. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people that have done that, though. I think, But I think it doesn't matter whether you're gay, straight, in between. Oh, no, if you're using everybody. people to use people, then you just a fuck. You're not very nice. That should be the definition of a, a fuck girl or a fuck boy. No? Those yeah, I just... Uh, these are terms you don't really... Understand. I don't know if I want to prescribe it to a specific gender. I just, you know, some of these derogatory terms. I really am trying to elevate myself. I, I sometimes can hit below the belt, but... The more I see, and the more I do, the more I just am like, why would you... Like, I want to meet people where they are. Right? And help them grow. But at what point do we have to look in the mirror and stop perpetuating the same types of cycles? What do you mean? Like, if you are scamming people, you know you're scamming people. Yeah. So at what point do we just stop acting like that's okay? Like, when do we stop retweeting people who have videos of themselves yapping off at the mouth about how they scammed somebody? Because the more we retweet that, the more we like that, the more it gives them fuel to continue that behavior. And the more it puts it out there for younger eyes to see that and think that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Like a part of deconstructing rape culture is calling that shit out and being like, I'm, I'm not feeding into this. So maybe that means I unfollow you. You don't follow a lot of people? Nope. Because it's poison to the mind. 
Why? Why am I staring at someone else's life when I'm trying to live my own and build a better community? I don't have time to sit. Maybe when I'm taking a shit. But I just feel like we are a mob society right now. Mm-hmm. And we hop on the bandwagon of stuff that is so unimportant. So unimportant. Like, but I've always been the type, you know, there is a quote that says that the revolution will not be televised. Mm-hmm. And that is from an artist, Gil Scott Herring. And I feel like he said that in the 70s, right? I think the revolution will not be fucking hashtagged. Because a lot of these people be hashtagging shit, but they don't actually do nothing. You're not building anything. You're not getting dirty. You're not doing the work. You're hashtagging. People who fall in love with these hashtags for a week mute R. Kelly and then nothing happens. Or <laughs> Justice for Jesse. Yeah. And now you look like an asshole. Jesse pissed you off. <laughs> it didn't piss me off. The day that came out, I got in. The, I went to my office. I was like, that's a lie. When I saw that photograph of him, so let me be real with you. I've experienced a lot in my day. I've experienced violence from men. I've been beat up by men. And when I saw that photo of that mother trucker with that little wine looking like a lipstick, lip liner drawn across. I said that man was not beat up by no homophobic, racist Trump supporters. No way. I, I, I was suspect on him when he was like, oh, I was in Chicago. And this happened. Listen, let me tell you what your face looks like when you've been jumped. Bad. Yeah. Bad. Because if they was looking to jump you, they was looking to go all the way in. That's what I'm saying. You you had the trifecta, like a trifecta of bigotry there. And he added it all up. It was just a lot going on. And I'm not here to talk about this, brother. But I had a feeling my inner uterine spidey sense was like something off about this story. And then everybody hashtagged it. I did not. Yeah, I never jump on those hashtags. Nope, not doing it. And then look what happened. But I am not perfect. I am far from that. I am just an individual who is working to better myself, better my community, and help people have great, safer sex lives. Holistically, of course. Let's get into our listener letter this week. Fabulous. Um, says... How you doing, Swaz? My name is Marcel. I'm from the sixth side. I'm guessing that's Toronto. I'm a transgender woman. Okay. I've been transgender for about four years. Mm-hmm. I have started to date men. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if I should disclose... <laughs> you guys can see Michelle. Oh God, this is I'm a tricky one. I'm not sure if I should disclose to guys before getting intimate with them. Um, yes. I would love to. I would love to hear your feedback on this. Thanks in advance, Marcel. I think before you end up, this goes back to like the PTSD thing, and if you've experienced sexual assault, if you are a trans person and you are pre-opt. You're probably going to need to disclose, or it could be dangerous for you. Yeah, I don't... Like, it's not a surprise thing. It's not like, oh, surprise, you know, I have large labia. That's different. Or like, surprise, I'm pierced. Different. Yeah. 
Surprise, um, surprise, I have. Surprise, I have. Yeah, we, you, there's no vagina here. That is a thing. Um, I think a lot of violence comes from that. So it I would def- definitely tell Marcel to disclose, please, please disclose before it goes that far. Because uh, yeah, y- yeah, you can. The, you you can't not. Now, this, this makes me now here's my mind. question. I'll ask you a question. What if they are post-op? I think they should still disclose. Why? Because it's, it's just right. No? Like, I, I don't wanna, understand why. I would want to know if a woman used to be a man. Why? why would, uh, yes, I would want to know if a why? woman used to be a man. Would it change your feelings? Yeah. How? Because she used to be a man. So again, I'm going to go back to the conversation when I was telling you that sexually, anatomically, we're more alike than we are different. And you were once a female uh, when it comes to your genitals. So maybe you should start disclosing to all the women out there that you once had the resemblance of a vagina. I think that... That's something different if you were in the womb and that happened. Why? If I... If I was born a man and then changed myself to a woman, Why? I would tell a person. I don't think you have to. Because you're now a woman. I, I think you should. If the person wants kids, you should let them know you can't have kids. But I don't think you need to tell them if you're post-op. You got a vagina. There is a vagina there. There is a vagina there now, but there once was a penis. Doesn't there. matter. It does. It, it does. I'm not saying... It's bad that you change from a man to a woman. Everybody has everybody has things that they have to go through through life. I am totally supportive of you doing that. If you want to date a man or be a man, I don't. That has nothing to do with me. I would just like to know. Okay, I just feel like if you're living as a woman and you've done so much to live as a woman, I don't think you should have to disclose. So but that's my, again, you, I am a woman who was born a woman. You wouldn't want to know if the guy you're dating now used to be a woman? Does the penis work? <laughs> yes, it works. But so, no. You don't care? You, I it mean, wouldn't well, matter. It doesn't, it doesn't bother you. But it wouldn't, I, I mean, it just doesn't matter to me. But I think that's, again, these ideals of what gender norms are. And it's like, well, that's... Let me see your baby picture. Oh, this is not the same person. No. Why, why do I need to? Why, if we're just fucking, do I need to show you my baby picture? You might want to be in a relationship with this person. Well, then, if, if I, I wanted to be in a relationship with, with my girlfriend and she shows me a picture, and in the picture is Bobby, I would want I to I look like that. a little boy when I was growing up. Looking like and being is two different things. But again, I'm really not comfortable having this conversation because I am not a trans person. And I understand the violence that trans people experience. So it's not fair. Let me finish. It's not fair to sit here and dialogue about this. when We don't have, we are privileged. We are cisgendered. When you are a cisgendered individual, and for those of you who don't know what that means, that means you, uh, um, you. Your genitals and your mental life. Yes, yes. You align with what you were born as. You sit in a space of privilege. And when you think about the sheer numbers of people, trans women of color, who have been murdered, and sometimes it was because they disclosed. 
do we have any stats on? No, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you because you got the. I can't believe you disagree with me. I'm not on. saying you disagree. Stats on. Stats on, as opposed to disclose and not disclose. They're dead. <laughs> so really. I mean, and it's a problem in communities of color. And then we try to justify the violence against these women because, oh, well, they didn't disclose. So they needed to have their ass beat. No, there's no excuse. None. I don't think there's any excuse for violence. But I just think to try to prevent that, we should. You hear the words coming out your mouth? You think that if someone disclosed, that would prevent them from getting their ass whooped? When you saying, think about I'm, men? I'm not saying anything is going to prevent anything. I think that conversations like this don't add anything to that community. It doesn't. We're cisgendered individuals. We don't have a leg to stand on in this conversation. No, we, we don't. And I would love to speak to and a I can trans, find just somebody a, a trans and I will no problem so that they can articulate articulate their point and, and, and give but, me their struggles. But the other part of it is, at what point do you just let somebody be the person they want to be? And if that means they identify as a woman, why do we have to identify them, especially in my opinion, if they're post-op? Well, either or, if they identify as a woman, then they identify as a woman. Period. It's tough. It's a tough, tough, tough space. It is, it is an extremely tough space for them. And I, and I think that because we, as communities of color, we are homophobic. We have a lot of issues with homophobia. Yes, there are, pe- there are a ton of people in our community who have a problem with homophobia. And that is why... <laughs> We see, I think, so much violence in our communities around trans people, around gay people, around why I'm so disgusted with Jesse. Because you fucked a whole group of people. Now, and, and I identify as queer, so you fucked us all, buddy, with no lube. And it just, I just get very concerned because we are not growing well in this space. There are so many reasons why we get into all night, but we just, and I don't mean to sound aggressive, I just don't want to speak or take up space for trans people when I, I don't think that's fair for me to take up space. I could find you some people that do identify as trans and see if they would be interested. Yeah, I would, I would love to know their struggle. I've had a... And maybe it's not a struggle. Maybe for well, some, it's for, them it, for some, it might have went better than for others. Well, yeah. Maybe not Caitlyn well, but you know she's <laughs> also know, a white woman. I don't know if anybody can get Caitlyn well. Right. Well, white woman. Welcome to the world. You started as a white man, the top of the food chain. You shifted to a wealthy white woman. You're still winning because you, you know. But again, I just want to be mindful that I'm here to support all trans communities. I want to support all communities. I want everybody to be able to get their story out. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to be able to tell their side. You know. That's why I feel like I just got passionate right there because I realized that's not my side to tell. And then I feel like, oh shit, did I back myself up into a corner? Because <laughs> I've done that before and I just need to come out and be like, nope, I can't do it. 
I can't do it because I wanna I wanna give space where space is due, and I'm not Good. the one. Save us both. Right. <laughs> Edit all this out, right? Like we're just gonna take that question out. Um, I ask everybody on my show who comes on my show. I invite them to the breakfast table. Now, what the breakfast table is is my segment for ass eating. Oh, you like eating? I'm not gonna let you eat my ass. No, I wasn't asking to eat your ass. Okay, right I was like, you invited me to the breakfast. I was okay. asked the, when I invite you to the breakfast table, was just so I can ask you if you do you like to have your ass eaten. Oh, you can ask me these yes, questions. That's what Doesn't I'm mean my ass is gonna answer. Uh, <laughs> You're the first person to never answer the question. Wow. Yep. There has to be, so again, I feel like this is, and I want to explain this. Um, my sexuality is not a part of what I do. Right. Not because I'm not sexual, but more because it's my hope to really help other people understand their sexuality. Nor am I above getting the booty eaten. Probably not the highest thing on my priority, <laughs> especially after the shawarma I ate last night. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I think that for me, I guess also in the work that I do, um, sex changes when you work in this space. Sex for me is different. Um, and a part of me being able to keep sex sacred, I don't usually talk about the things that I partake in. Yeah, but that's not, I, listen. I ain't mad at it about you eating ass. Like, eat that ass, boo. Eat it. Girl, it's a booty hole. A booty hole. Eat it ass. Eat that ass. Like, I'm definitely not here to judge a good ass licking. Uh, so, with that being said, for Michelle, this is Swaz. Damn, I forgot my outro. It's fine. You can edit it. Try again. So Oh, no, I'm not editing it. I'm just going to... Okay. Till You're I get rock. it right. Okay. Um, oh, okay, okay. For Michelle, I'm your host, Swaz. Kick your head back twice on ice and keep cool. Till the next time, you have now been introduced to the spit. Peace.